Attention humans, this is a thunk tank. Please insert this podcast directly into your nearest orifice for viewing pleasure. Okay, you ready? Oh shit. (laughs) (laughs) Welcome to the thunk tank. Welcome to the Thunk Tank. Oh yeah. yeah, yeah. There you go. Welcome. To, come into our. Come into our Thunk Tank. Luke, don't switch <laughs> to the other peanuts. <laughs> Welcome to the Thunk Tank. Come in the tank. We're thinking and we're thinking <laughs> and we're thunked. And we're thunked. Oh my god, I'm probably more beer than man if we go far enough back at this point. Uh, two different recordings. Boom. And we're live on everything. We're live and inside. All right, so Joe, why don't you just give people an update? They just heard our Seinfeld analysis. Um, <laughs> yeah, they all listened to Welcome that. to the Thunk Tank podcast. Um, if you're a first-time listener... It almost sounds like I'm doing an intro like someone died and I'm... And I'll, you know what I mean? <laughs> how about this for an intro, Luke? I'm Walter Cronkite. Nice. There we go. That's your intro. So if this is your first time joining us, uh, welcome. It's about fucking time you got here. Just uh, update people on like, uh, like. So we we just released a Seinfeld part part one analysis. We do have a part two technically, but we had some audio problems. I'm working through it. So we're gonna release this one like, probably. You know, this is a live stream right now coming uh, August 27th or something. Uh, we're going to release this one first, and then it'll buy me some more time to clean up the audio on Seinfeld Part 2. So do keep an eye out for that. It's basically what you heard in Seinfeld Analysis Part 1. <laughs> Excuse me. I don't burp a lot. Who are you, um, who are you talking to? The audience. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, it's like the, w- would you characterize it as just like the wasted version of Seinfeld Analysis? Yeah, it's like you start doing Seinfeld analysis, and then you take uh, a pee break an hour in, and you come back, and you're drunk, and you keep going. Yeah. (laughs) It's pretty great. If you liked uh, part one, which I've talked to many fans so far who have listened to part one, and they loved it, you're going to love part two. It's stellar. It's fantastic. (laughs) Speaking of our latest, newest episode right now, wouldn't you say it's the best? Um. You could work on your Trump impression a little bit. Oh, I don't. I have no desire to actually improve my Trump impression. So, um, I think um, let's just catch people up on uh, status of the podcast too. So, this one's obviously without Johnny again, but he's about to have a lot more free time. We're going to be coming at you with like he's been beering hard, very regular episodes. He's been brewing. I think we're just going to like beer. find one day and keep doing it. So that that'll be a good fall i think we'll we'll almost be putting one out a week i think if we if we keep on top of it yeah well we're, we're gonna up our game shortly it's so, the summertime blues summertime you know? blues like we're all busy i'm also about to go uh to turkey for three weeks on a trip so i don't plan on podcasting from there we'll see about that i mean who knows right but we can uh, go international man. we were it's going to today do the episode we have this cool episode planned on colonization of like past colonization part one and then part two would be like future colonization our our studio got raided by conquistadors it really set us back yeah yeah they just came in and they were like this is our land we were like wait what (sighs) and then they beat us to death with chickens and boomsticks yeah it was brutal so um that's going to be coming at you um 
I'm going to preview a little bit today because I basically want to give like a sort of check in with politics as today's episode. John McCain just died. We thought that would be like. I don't think we've been avoiding politics lately, but it's so like sickening at this point. Uh, yeah, it's worth checking it's, in with. Yeah, well, I mean, like, like we've covered politics a lot, and we'll get back into it. Well, we are about to get back into it a little bit, but uh, don't you feel like you kind of hit, there's, like, waves where you just kind of hit saturation? I just can't deal with it, yeah. It's just, just, like... annoyed by it. It's like every time, I, and I've been saying it for about two and a half years now, right? Where every time I, t- I turn, uh, it's funny, I still say turn on the news. I don't turn on the news. I click uh, onto cnn.com or buzzfeed well, what are you doing on cnn.com or or buzzfeed joe <laughs> getting, that, could, that could be your problem getting, oh it's definitely part of the problem getting really shit i mean it's news. good to know what they're putting out but I, at this point i don't i don't rely on even a cnn so, to give me well, a, a, a straight story when we start with that briefly where because I, I agree with you i don't rely on cnn for a straight story either i think they're better still than uh a lot of what i see at some other places but that doesn't make it good it doesn't make it honest either, right? No, it's it's definitely skewed in its own way. But so where do you go for people who like are dumb like me and just kind of, you know, are I'm in such the habit of I've been going to cnn.com for like 8 years. So, I've kind of described this in the past um Anyway, so this is we're just going to get right into it with politics here. Politics um, catch up, episode 20 whatever. Go. I I've tried to find like my own style of of finding information online is sort of a learning curve itself, you know? Like, yeah. for example, I remember I remember when I was younger in high school, I started to feel this, like, arrogant, haughty feeling of, um, yeah, I can show YouTube uh, your, your belly there, Dude, Joe. Dude, it's hot as hell. I'm, like, sweating. I know. I'm sorry about that. I'm, like, wiping myself off. If I put a fan off, on, it would just cover our voices. Oh, yeah, that's true. Um, yeah, it's pretty hot. Um, so, like, I remember being young and watching things on Huffington Post, and just generally feeling a haughtiness, an arrogance about like, like you would. I know I would, right? <laughs> but but well, you did. It wasn't like I I didn't have like an honest sense of curiosity when I was approaching that stuff. It was a little bit more of like a I wanted to seek out information just so I could have something to say. Yeah. And and I didn't even give too much thought to whether that information was good or not because it was resonating with what i thought to be true right so at that time it was like bush was president and any criticism of that was was good right and anybody defending that was bad right don't you feel because i remember back to now huffington post is garbage is what i'm trying to say well i remember back to that too that era because that's when i first really started to get any sort of semblance of interest in politics because I i would have been you know in high school and whatnot but yeah i mean I remember back then, I feel like the it, it was so much clearer in the sense that, like, we knew Fox News wasn't, you know, straight and fast, you know, like it should be maybe. And the other ones were pretty, you know, they seemed pretty reliable in terms of not tilting. Yeah. Not like yeah. slanting. And now I think you're right. I mean, I read this stuff where, like, 10, 15 years ago... I feel like I would have read CNN and not had a problem with anything they're saying. But every time I go there, there's an article and I read the headline and I think to myself, bullshit, that's a misleading headline. Yeah. That's not what that study is really about. That's not what these statistics are really referring to. And it's, that's not to say that I still think they're as bad as even 
somebody like Fox News, but Fox News gets it right sometimes too. It's not like Fox News always gets everything wrong. Especially not now. Like sometimes it's they just get they it still have more psychos. right now, you know? Yeah, they just still have psychos, but everybody has psychos now is the problem. Yeah. It's I, just on different sides of the spectrum. And, and those psychos can come, like people say, oh, the problem is mainstream media. It's like, yeah, to a large degree, but it's not like one monolithic, like, you know, organization yeah. where everyone gets together. Well, it's one of these emergent things where narratives develop and yeah. then and then combine that with this clickbait phenomena yeah. where if your job is to make a headline where you're trying to get as many people to click it, you're you're already by by defining that as your goal. The fuck was that? Did a motorcycle just shit out its brains? I think so, yeah. Oh, God. This is the Village Studio. We're in a new studio, you. yeah. Village Studio. Yeah, we, we have a few studios. We have a country yeah, studio. Yeah, we took all your Patreon money, and we just bought a bunch of studios everywhere. To reference Seinfeld analysis. Yeah, that's what we did. Yeah. <laughs> um, so it's like by saying that, that you're defining your goal as getting um, a bunch of clicks, you're already admitting that you don't have a goal of seeking truth, right? Well, I mean, you could to some extent, but that might not be as important as gaining clicks, right? Like, that, yeah, that could so, be. so you could have a secondary or third dairy goal of like, um, oh, third dairy, I like that tertiary, right? No, I'm gonna I'm gonna raise third dairy and classes start next week. Yeah, English writing classes. I'm gonna throw that in the mix. See if see what they think think about that. Um, so like, it the could students. be like third on your list, right? You know, like I'm seeking truth, yeah. but first is clickbait, right? And then the question is, because you can divide that further between individual writers and then the larger um, philosophy of an organization, right? Yeah. That's how sometimes I read news, news pieces and uh, Guardian's a pretty good example of that where every once in a while I read a Guardian article and I'm actually shocked at how right they get things because then I read other Guardian articles. I made a couple of YouTube videos of them. Remember those? Yes. They're on our YouTube yes. channel. You picked apart a Guardian destroy, article. I just destroy it because it's just utter nonsense. And it's bashing Elon Musk. And I'm like, the, sh the shameful part about that type of just catering to people who have already made up their minds about somebody is that you're not pointing out what the real – like there are plenty of things you could point to about Elon Musk if you don't like him and want to pick him apart. Like I heard he's a dick to his um – yeah, did significant you see, others and whatnot. Did you see that that whole thing where he was calling the the uh, what the fuck was that the kid stuck in the cave and he showed up with a submarine? It's like a fucking comic book, dude. Yeah. He sh do you know about this story? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He shows up with like the the robot submarine. Didn't the uh, the Navy SEAL like or something equivalent to a Navy SEAL that ended up rescuing the people? Him and Elon Musk got into this Twitter fight. Yeah, and and, yeah. and Elon Musk started cursing him out, calling him a pedophile. Yeah, because he he's like only a pedophile would dive into uh, to the dark cave to rescue some children. Uh, yeah, <laughs> you just wanted to grab those kids' asses on the way out of the cave or something. Yeah, and it's like so like I don't think, but there you go. So you could point to that even and be like, oh yeah, he's a shit person. But I I don't even know if that's that's true. I think he's probably a guy who works you know eighty hours a week, sleeps like six hours a month. And he says some crazy shit sometimes. Yeah, he probably needs a good night's sleep. Everybody has the potential to be a, a dick like that. Yeah, but I also um, don't, didn't invent an electric car company. So just to, to step back, um, we were going to you know, do a, an episode on colonization, and Johnny's busy, so we're going to put that one on hold. So I was like, Joe, what should we, we should put something out there. I'm going away for three weeks. So I was, I'm in the middle of watching this um, Vietnam documentary. It's, it's on Netflix currently. It's um, the Ken Burns new vietnam documentary came out like a year ago something like oh, that i didn't know it was that recent that's cool very recent oh nice i heard about it because um ken burns and 
I think I'm getting this name right, Lynn Novak. No, that's, pe- it's Heidi Klum, but close. <laughs> yeah. Um, so they were on Sam Harris's podcast and did an interview about this, and oh, it, it made me be like, holy crap, because Sam Harris was like, yeah, I basically watched the whole thing in a weekend. And dude, this thing's 10 episodes, and each one is like an hour and a half long. So That's like a, a Netflix miniseries But right the there. way they put it together, man, like I find myself yeah. sitting here and hitting next episode till 3 in the morning, and it's a documentary about the Vietnam War. Yeah. There are dark moments. There are just interesting moments where it feels like, oh, I want to see what happens next. I mean, yeah. I know how the Vietnam War ends, but, that's but the I best didn't kind, really know how it, it isn't ends. Isn't that the most amazing kind of narrative where you, and that's what I, I often say, I don't think it's always true, but I think it's very, very often true, is that if you go into something knowing the ending, it should still stand on its own, right? Like, you should still right. be... Right, you should be able to rewatch a series of something. Like, I've watched Mad well, Men a lot of two people, and a half times now. Yeah, a lot of people, they say, especially readers, like avid readers, they'll say that their favorite books are the ones that they reread two, three, four times. I read Mother Night twice, and it was better the second time. Yeah, totally. I caught more, more details, yeah. different details. Yeah, if a story is ruined by you knowing the end of it, it might not be the best story, right? Yeah. So I kind of wanted to talk about Vietnam a bit, and coincidentally... I had just gotten to the episode in this documentary where they were showing this old footage because the footage they that they have in this documentary, I didn't know such footage even exists yeah. or existed, you know, and from dark, like, violent stuff to um, just really cool interviews to the private um, conversations that, like, the president was having. Like, they have these recordings of Kennedy talking to his advisors. Yeah. They have the phone calls that Lyndon Johnson made to, like, various yeah. people. And you get to hear, of course, now that it's, like, so far in the future, you know that, like, it wasn't behind the scenes that, what you know, what was on the surface being told to the American public, right? Yeah. But anyways, uh, I was just on the episode where Are you saying the John McCain lies? was shot down and he was taken prisoner by the North Vietnamese. And they had a video of him just, like, giving a message to his parents. He was being tortured because the North Vietnamese wanted to force the American prisoners to um, say publicly that they don't support the war, right? Because North Vietnamese, like, and the Viet Cong, because they were kind of separate things, right? You had the North Vietnamese, like, regular army, and then the Viet Cong. Their goal wasn't to beat America. Their goal was to convince America, like, yeah, let's get the fuck out of here right? Makes sense, yeah. So, anyways, and then John McCain died yesterday, right? Was Shit, it? that was yesterday? Yeah, it feels like so. it was like two weeks ago it, now. It was either yesterday or yeah. um, Saturday. I think it was Saturday. I think Saturday. it was Saturday, yeah. yeah. Today's Monday, yeah. They've been arguing about how, how long to have the so flags down. So, I thought all, the, the, the three of those things that, that, that I was watching the Vietnam War thing, where we are currently with politics and Trump, and John McCain dying, and the fact that like he ran for president, you know, all these things, I just thought like that that could be a good trifecta, another Seinfeld reference, the trifecta, um, to to sort of have a checking in with politics, right? Oh yeah. Because do you remember back when Obama was running against John McCain? That was twenty two thousand eight, right? God, that was a decade ago. Yeah. Um, and and I was definitely I was in high school, and um, I definitely remember thinking like, hmm. Uh, you know, John McCain's the evil one and Obama's the good one. I was a freshman in college, actually. Um, I, didn't, I didn't think for myself at that time, you know. It, it was back when I would still, like, go to the HuffingtonPost.com and just kind of, I wouldn't read articles because I had an intellectual curiosity. I would read articles because I wanted to have information that I could 
play the gotcha game back against people. Verbal tennis game. You were a, you were a gotcha guy. And it happens. It's it's telling to sort of um, a few things about John McCain are are um, standing out to my mind when I'm thinking about Trump and current politics. One is you thought John McCain was was. Oh, the evil Republican running against Obama, who's the perfect Democrat. See, that's interesting that you say it's like that. Now, it, like that, that that's a, a way different balance now that we have Trump. Yeah, it, it's funny you say it, that though, because I remember very distinctly that election because that was the first election that I got really involved in. In fact, that was probably the election I've been most involved. I in. I think I got involved in it with you to a degree. I remember helping put out like signs and whatnot. Right. Oh, I destroyed a lot of signs during that election. I mean, I put out signs. I didn't do anything illegal. No, they, no, they were illegal signs. Oh, they were like signs that said like Tim Bishop equals illegal aliens. Like, that's not just a, false advertising. You're allowed to take down those signs. I got you. So we would go and destroy them, but it was fun. Um, but we put up a lot of signs too, you know. But so, I, I, my point is like I, because the way I remember it was more that like John McCain. Uh, it was kind of a weird parallel experience to what happened with Trump where when McCain first, uh, you know, announced his candidacy and he was going through the motions and whatever, I wasn't entirely sold. Um, but I said, all right, let me, let me hear what he has to say. Even then I was like, let me hear what he has to say. See, I wasn't even in that kind yeah. of an open-minded well, a lot, a lot place. Of and a lot of people were swept. I mean, I was not that it's my fault, but well, here's the thing: I was, I was one of those people too. I was like, yeah, I'm, I'm definitely on this Obama train. I was on the Obama train for years. I, I mean, was, he, and he had a train, like, oh, I was on the Obama train way before like, he even started campaigning. Before it was cool to be on. the Oh, Obama totally. Train. No, because I remember, I remember his 2004 uh, DNC speech or whatever. Like that was his first, you know, on the map like real real moment mic drop moment and, and i thought to myself this guy's gonna he's gonna run for president he's totally gonna run for pre i didn't think in 2000 i thought maybe in like 10 you know years or so well they usually wait until it, it yeah. it's looking like well i thought 2008 it's gonna be work well what I, what I thought was 2008 was gonna be hillary's turn and then he would run in 2016 if she if she won or 2012 if she lost uh, a re-election re or uh or if she just lost the the election, you know that was a pretty brutal primary, like Hillary versus Obama. Oh yeah, because it was she really. I mean, talk about like everybody talks I mean, she about. She was playing how she, dirty even then. People talk about how she lost because she felt entitled to win the twenty sixteen election. She felt entitled to win the two thousand eight primary. Yeah, but anyways, uh, I, I remember I gave McCain a legitimate chance. I was like, "There's very little chance that I'm going to vote for him," but. I'm going to still listen to what he has to say until... Because he seemed like a real person. Until... Oh, I know what you're going to say. Can until, I guess? Drill, baby, drill. Oh. I, I, you mean Sarah Palin? Yeah. Yeah. Because, like, that was... <laughs> until Sarah Palin, honestly, and that was it. Poor, poor John McCain, because what, what I see in John McCain while we're just on him... Um, let me just step back for a second. One of the things I really don't like that people can do is they make absolutes when they describe people. This person's good. That person's yeah. bad, right? And it's very easy to believe in this concept of like, yeah, John McCain is evil. George Bush is evil, right? Yeah. And it's like, well, then are you good in comparison to that, right? So I think John McCain... Mm, I'm not a war criminal. After watching this and kind of getting... the, I always knew he was like um, a war veteran, but that didn't really tell me much. But seeing these these videos of him being really young, 
And he was like getting emotional. Just he's a prisoner of war and he's giving a message that he knows his family's going to see on TV, you know? Yeah. Dark shit, you know? Do you know how long he was prisoner of war for? That's honorable. Like, like. Do you know how long? Do you know how many? Uh, how long? I'm going to guess nine years. Five years. Five years? Five years. Yeah, I guess it was like 77 or 78 or something that he got Five captured. Five years. And what is Trump? No, he, Trump's he, the one that said, oh, yeah, he's not a hero. He have got you, caught. Have you watched that clip of, no, of Trump saying it? it? Fuck that guy. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. I didn't know Trump said it. I thought he just tweeted it. Oh, no. He, he says it in, he's in a debate and the guy, or not a debate, I, some sort of interview. It feels like a debate. And basically the guy saying, um, how could you call John McCain a dummy? He's a war hero, blah, blah, blah. Like the guy's playing his high cards. Yeah. And to Trump's credit, he's like not buying it. He's like, oh, like this isn't, this is the, the, the fa- my fascination with Trump because he then tries to take a higher ground of the fact that like that's not the point of what I'm talking about. But then he says, basically the conversation goes, well, you know, I supported McCain in 2008. I raised him a million dollars and then he lost. And I didn't like him so much after that because I don't like losers. And then the guy said, well, how could you call him a loser? He's a war hero. And he says, he's a war hero because he was captured. I prefer people not to be captured or something like that. Yeah, okay. Or I prefer my heroes not to be captured. All right, here it is. I got it. Oh, you have it? Yeah, yeah. You actually found it? Oh, yep. shit. Cue it up. Oh, this is intense. Give me one second. Let me make sure. You're hearing it, right, Oh, Joe? yeah. I hear it loud and clear. Loud and beer? Yeah. Are you going to get a beer? No, no. I could go for a beer. I might grab a beer. Go for it. I'm playing this clip now. I kind of want to hear John the clip. John McCain, a war hero, five and a half years as a POW, and you call him a dummy. Is that appropriate in running for president? Okay, uh, let's, you got to let me speak, though, Frank, because you right. interrupt all the time, okay? He's he a hit war me. Hero. He's not a, a war He's hero. He's a war hero. He's a war five hero. Five and a half years. He's a war hero because he was captured. I like people that weren't captured, okay? I hate to tell you. Do you He's agree with that? He's a war hero. Because he was captured, okay? You can have, and I believe perhaps he's a war hero, but, but right now he said some very bad things about a lot of people. A beautiful day with incredible people that were wonderful, great Americans. I will. I'm having an impeachment party, dude. Are you down? Are you down? Are you not recording? Are we not live? How about now? All right, we're good. We're back. I hear everything. Um, no, no, I, I fucked up the audio for a second somehow. That's fine. I was just, <laughs> I was just saying. Uh, yeah, no, it's uh, the fact that he can say that shit that he says, and it's just it 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 also reveals how bullshit a lot of what people actually value is. Where it's like how he gets away with saying those things, and there's a whole laundry list of things he said. But what it came down to was. A lot of voters, they said, he's going to pick the Supreme Court justice I like. He says what I feel. Well, let's get back to that. things, right? Just while still on the McCain thing, I just want to say, like, the emotions that I was feeling watching this Vietnam documentary and taking the time to put myself in the shoes of someone who signs up for the military knowing they're going to go to a war... And they they know they might die. And you have to kind of separate whether it was actually good to enter the war from a local person's decision, right? 
Yeah. So on the level of even call it the Iraq war, which I would say Vietnam was parts of Vietnam at certain times were more justifiable than Iraq, right? Oh God. Yeah. That's a whole other thing. I mean, that might be an idiotic statement that I just said, I really don't know. But, um, my, my main point is if you're a soldier signing up to go to Iraq or Vietnam, I really see that individual person as honorable. There's a deep sense of honor and we can get into honor. I remember you said you might want to talk about honor in general, Yeah, but there's something so honorable and meaningful that somebody would take on a sacrifice, like not only just beforehand when you sign up for the military and you say, I might go there and I might die. But when you're actually on the battlefield and you hear about the actual real time heroic things that people did, you know, to save friends or they run back to try and retrieve the body of their, you know, friend and it, it, they get shot in the process. They're not even trying to save someone. They know they're toast, you know? Yeah. And then you hear fucking this. In running for president. Okay, uh, let's, you gotta let me speak though, Frank, because you interrupt all the time, okay? He's he hit me. Hero. He's not a, a war hero. He's a war hero. He's a war Five hero. Five and a half years. He's a war hero because he was captured. I like people that weren't captured. Like, the juxtaposition It's of, wild, dude. Of that, I, I don't know what, I mean, Trump's not thinking, you know, when he says something like that. He's 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 not thinking on the level. He, it's it's he's still such an anomaly like that because I don't know how to analyze him. Well, that's and that's the problem with him because so many people who would say something that egregious, they you would say they're clearly not thinking because any politician who would say anything about that would be weighing their political points, as McCain was known to do. Right, like well, he. I'm at, what I'm saying is, like, at the same time we can talk about McCain being a hero, he was a politician later in life. Well, he picked Sarah Palin as his running mate. Like, and, what and, the fuck is that? And that was one of those the, one of those times where you sort of looked at that and said, oh, that's an ultimate, like, sellout pandering move, right? Who is that impressing exactly other than appealing to some sort of aspect of his base that he, he feels like it's going to get him voters? I think he had bad advisors, man. Whoever... Convinced Trump him. or McCain? McCain, right? McC- McCain, yeah. Whoever convinced him to pick Sarah fucking Palin as his running mate? Because I remember me and a lot of other people were like, yeah, that door's closed. Like, she can't be anywhere near the presidency. So then, Joe, Not I have a happen. question for you. What's worse, worse, Trump and him saying things like this or this? And when it comes to establishing your worldview, I was curious, what newspapers and magazines <laughs> did you regularly read before you were tapped this to stay informed and to understand the I've world. read most of them again with a great appreciation for the press, for the media. But like what I mean, specifically, I'm curious that you um, Katie Carrick, all of them, any of them that um, have, have been in front of me over all these years. Um, I have so when she says any of them that have been in front of me over Man, these years, that's she rough. means like the, the local library newsletter while she's eating like Cheerios or something for breakfast. See, and to Trump's credit, do you know what he, he would have said? Nobody even bothered to ask him that question because they know what answer he would have given. Yeah, like the Daily News. Well, so in the game theory of it, right? And Trump, people would be like, the, his, his constituents would be like, yeah, I don't read fucking Time magazine, fucking liberal propaganda. So the game theory of it, Trump actually comes out on top. Right? Yeah, totally. Because it's like if we're playing a game of hockey or let's we're, just we're make not, it easier. I'm let's say gonna, chess. I'm not going to play you in hockey. Let's say, yeah. let's say chess. I'm not going to play you in chess either. You're going to beat me. Um, 
it's going to really ruin the thought experiment if we're going to get stuck here where you about, just don't want to play checkers? chess. How about checkers? Fine, checkers is fine, Joe. Chinese, it doesn't fucking... Chinese checkers? <laughs> yeah, even better. Okay, Chinese checkers. Um, so we need five players for if that. If we're though. following the rules between each other, right, and yeah. there's a sense of we both want to win, but if we don't follow the rules, the game's no fun because the game is not a game anymore, right? Yeah, it falls apart. So let's say I make a move, you make a move, I make a move, and it looks like I'm winning, and you make an illegal move, right? I'm going to switch it back to chess because I don't know anything about Chinese checkers. So you just make an <laughs> gotcha. illegal move and, and something that, you know, you move your knight in a way that a rook would move or something. And you say, uh, you know, check. I mean, and I go, Joe, you can't move a piece like that. That's illegal. And you go, Loser. no, it's not. No, it's not. Loser. It's fine. You're just mad that you're losing. Check. And I'm like, Joe, do you want to play chess or, or like what's going? You know, Trump did that. There was a certain way that the game of politics were played, and it involved truth, but it also involved a way of lying, which was like, you have to lie consistently, and you have to lie in a way that that people can at least see your motives, right? So when yeah. John McCain lied, it was still within the larger context of like, he respects the country enough to not lie to a big enough, you know, kind of thing that that would be like treason for example i i think that yeah i think he has too much honor right obama lied a lot right obviously like everybody who makes it to the presidency probably has to lie to some degree um but i do think obama had a sense of dignity and honor towards what this experiment of our country is right yeah, and and larger. You don't get goals. any of that with Trump. You get the feeling that he would just say checkmate, and you'd be like, uh, "Mr. President, that's not the right move." He'd be like, "Huh?" And he'd look at you like, "Either that's the right move, and I win, or you're fired." Right? Yeah. And so he didn't play by the rules, and the media didn't adapt to to the game no. theory and know how they to take stayed, him down. They stayed within the patterns of what they knew and how they knew to fight back. And it, and did, it, didn't, it didn't work, work. on him. Because that's, I, I forget the name of the philosophy, but it's this idea that when you're given two alternatives and you don't like either of them, you create a third alternative. And it's one that nobody's thought of before. And it's one that nobody knows how to counter because it, it's not in the playbook. There's no rule book about this. Yeah. And if nobody can react in time to this, you move on to the next one. And you've already won because they're left trying to figure out what the fuck it's just like happened. It's like a game of duels, but you have a new type of sword that no one's ever seen before. Yeah, it's like, why is that sword like bend at like five 90 degree angles? Like, right. I, don't, I don't know how to fight that. You know what one of those swords Trump sense. had was? Because he had many different swords, but one of them was flat out lying. So most politicians yeah. would be like, I can't tell a certain kind of lie if it's going to be incredibly easy to get caught in that lie. Yeah. But Trump was like, I don't care. You can play the clip of me saying it. I'll just keep saying I didn't say it. <laughs> you know and like nobody knows how to deal with that like if you let's say you took a video and you showed it to trump and you said here's you saying that and trump's like i didn't say that it's like well what is this that's fake news well he, he would say or he would say that's not what i mean that's not what i meant oh yeah i clearly didn't mean that like you know you're just um trying to play gotcha media right yeah fake news and then he ties it back into his larger psychotic narrative where it's like okay we're back to this now. We're, we're just looping back around to square one and we haven't gotten anywhere and you're still somehow controlling the country, which is just as disturbing. I'm freaking out, man. So, um, we're coming up on episode 26, I think. Oh no, no we, like we already passed dude. it. Yeah. So over 10 episodes ago, we did an episode called political polarization on the left and right. And I would say in large part, um, 
most Although we talked about episode. how crazy like um, Trump was, of course. Um, I had a lot of criticism of the left and sort of the tactics of social justice warriors and the, that kind of um, game that the left plays. And uh, I wrote a long blog post about that, just kind of like trying to zoom out. And since then, there has been this movement known as the intellectual dark web. Oh, boy. And, um, I just want to give like a short little preview because I, th- I think... Conspiracy. Uh, um, I am going to write like, uh, I think on my like long 12-hour flight to Turkey, I'm just going to like use that time and like write write out my thoughts in like a blog post because like whenever I do that... Do you it, realize how shady this sounds? You just said that you're flying to a foreign country for 12 hours during which time you're going to write, write about the intellectual write, dark write web. Write to the masses about the international, the truth behind the international dark web. Intel- intellectual dark web. Whatever. <laughs> I mean, I support it fully. I'm just saying for, so, from an outside observer. Th- I, I have a lot of detail to come on that. And I've been watching a lot of videos and really trying to get to the bottom of what I think all of that stuff is. Um, I, I think if, if you're the kind of person that's already turned on to it, I, I think um, be on the lookout for that episode. And I, 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 I will include a lot of links because a lot of people way smarter than me have already analyzed it. But I like taking a topic and making a podcast episode about it because it sort of forces me to like figure out what I actually think, right? You got to figure out the truth, man. Um, and I've noticed that with the topics that I really care about, um, I, I actually enjoy putting in hours of work of like, like I've watched 10 plus hours of videos of various people from the intellectual dark web, people criticizing it. You know what one of the hardest things is? Because I'm, I'm obviously on the side of the intellectual dark web. It's um, the IDW for short. Dun, um, dun, dun. It's, it's, by the way, it's designed to sound silly. You know, by definition, they, they chose that name so that the media would uh, use it against them. They, and the media totally... Um, are they the guys in those white masks with the voice changes? No, specifically one, one incredibly smart fellow by the name of Eric Weinstein. And... Mm-hmm. Um, he set up the bait for the media and they totally took it. And so basically the concept is, uh, I would say for our conversation right now, the intellectual dark web is sort of like the antidote to what is wrong right now, to the type of thinking that seems to have taken over. Because it's like the right, you know, where you place the blame right or left for starting this problem of polarization, it's hard to say. And I've heard arguments go both ways. Where it's like, well, you look at like the behavior of someone like a Harry Reid, he's doing just as nefarious things in the background that someone like um, uh, Mitch McConnell is doing. Read about right? read about Harry Reid with the uh, the nuclear waste disposal site. I, I don't know anything about that. It's a perfect example of what you're talking about. Yeah, so Democrats are just as nefarious as Republicans, if not more. Sometimes it's always been a game, and. What we seem to have gotten away from is a basic sense of um, uh, respect for intellectualism, you know, respect for proper conversation, respect for um, admitting your own ignorance, admitting you were wrong, respect for the ability to change your mind about something, respect, most importantly, to not have a fucking opinion on everything. Everybody out in the world has a strong opinion. Not everyone, but so many people have strong opinions about so many things, and they really shouldn't. 
You well, know? I, well, I think a lot of it in part has to do with the confluence of me using fancy words like that, but also the fact that... Because you're better than us. Well, clearly, <laughs> but that goes without fancy wordsing. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I think we're at this weird time, and I think what you're talking about or what you're touching upon with the intellectual dark web is this idea that we haven't quite figured out whether this is... I think it is in large part a transitional mode between sort of big media and the ability for people to communicate on all these different types of platforms that they do like Twitter and that sort of thing. And it hasn't really worked itself out yet. So you, you have so many, you have so many places now producing content. You have so many still big media sources like, you know, the media giants, CNN, MSNBC, Fox news, like the, the giants turning out what they can and sort of almost like solidifying themselves within their, their, their sort of niches of, you know, that perspective. Well, they're getting desperate. Yeah, that they're going to defend at all costs because they have to because they'll lose out to all the other crap that's online already. And everybody else gets lost within that. they could adapt too. Well, they could adapt, but the problem is, is that, like you said, I mean, 100 years ago, I couldn't have an opinion on everything. Guess what? Because I didn't know what the fuck was going on in the world. How would I know what's going on in Pennsylvania? But you still don't know what's well because we're in Hershey, Pennsylvania. <laughs> oh my God, we are in. Hershey. No, I don't even know what I put. Um, you you still don't really know what's going on in the world. But I have the illusion that have, I do. Yes, that, and that's the problem is that I can just find. And, and I mean, this gets into all sorts of other. That more so now than ever, you can find any information to support whatever psychotic worldview you have. This is... Whether it's Flat Earth. I was just going to say, perfect examples. Because you just listened to the Neil Tyson... The uh, Rise of the Flat Earth. Joe Rogan episode, right? The the Rise of the Flat Earth. halfway through it. it, Oh, it's fantastic. I mean, there are Flat Earth conventions. It's in in Denver this year. Want to go? I I say let's get stoned in Denver and go to the Flat Earth convention. I think it's in... uh, Wait, Thunk Tank. Audience. it's in November. If you fund us... A trip to Denver. We will go around I with our microphones what, and interview people at the Flat Earth Convention. I tell convention. you what, we're going to set up a Patreon tier. Fund us to Flat Earth Convention 2018. It's called a Patreon goal, but, you know, go on. Yeah, well, this is my point. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and uh, we'll, we'll do that. We'll, we'll do uh, a lot. I would, I'll, I'll be there. I actually looked into this, by the way. Oh, I know you I, did. I was drunk the other night, and I was looking at the, reader, the speakers. Dude. It's a scene, man. The, the guest list of speakers. Watch some of their YouTube videos. So speaking of having the, wild stuff. Uh, strong opinions, right? You would say you and I both have a strong opinion on why the Earth isn't flat, right? Uh, did you say why it isn't flat? Yes, why it's round. <laughs> Are you sure? <laughs> okay, I see. Um, so one of the interesting things is if we were to step outside and go down the street to the local bar. Yeah. I would say the majority of people would agree that the earth is round and they would laugh at the fact that people think the earth is flat. But let's say we ask 20 people or 10 people, let's keep the math easy. How many out of those 10 people would be able to actually give a legitimate, you know, good, well-spoken answer as to why the earth is round and why that should be obvious? Uh, The moon's round. Buy me a shot. 
Well, that's what I mean. Like That's a good answer. If you have the right opinion, but you have bad reasons for it, are you any better than someone who has the wrong opinion and also has bad reasons for it? We should do a Funk Tank Extra and get some asshole flat earther and go to a bar around here and just have them like shoot down. Well, yeah, the moon's a disc, but so is the earth. That's because it's round. Doesn't mean it's a sphere. And drunk people will be like, oh, shit, I don't know the difference between round and sphere. Should the game I guess be like, right. let's see how many um, people we can convert? Yeah. Yeah. I think I can be pretty convincing. Oh, I could totally be convincing. Like, I usually I try to be convincing for like cool science stuff. It but. makes sense. Antarctica's an ice wall, dude. Go any direction, you'll hit ice eventually, dude. <laughs> um, you know what? One of the points Neil deGrasse Tyson made, he was just on Joe Rogan's podcast. Go check it out. Um, great episode so far. Also, I love how Neil deGrasse Tyson just was ranting, and at one point he's like, "Come on, Joe, you can respond." Like, yeah, I'm just, <laughs> no, he yeah. stops and he goes, "He goes, should, should I stop? Do you want to? Like, yeah, do you want to talk too?" And Joe Rogan's just like stoned as fuck. He's yeah. like, "No, just keep going, man." Yeah. <laughs> like I read some of the comments on that video, and half of them were like, "I love it when Neil deGrasse Tyson interviews Joe Rogan." <laughs> yeah, and blows his mind. Yeah, and just so, like talks. I was just when I was parking my car before, I was just at the point, and it was a really good point that Tyson was making, which was. It is just as intellectually lazy to believe in something as it is to like disbelieve in something. In other yeah. words, he was trying to say, if you believe that the earth is flat and you haven't gone through the work to look at all the evidence and reconsider your opinion, decide if you're sure about that, if you're, you know, that kind of thing. That's intellectually lazy because yeah. there's plenty of good evidence out there that the earth is not flat. However, on the flip side, if you're sitting here thinking, yeah, the earth is round, I'm right, and you're an idiot, you flat earther, but you don't have the tools and the explanations and the knowledge to explain why it's actually round, you're also just taking that information on faith, right? You're just saying that, yeah, I mean, it's round because it's obvious, but that's just another way to say, yeah, I believe this because everyone believes it, and that's a bad reason to believe something. He had another great point about... um he was talking about Donald Trump and the Space Force with Joe Rogan. Oh, I didn't get to that part yet. Oh, you didn't? I, I thought it was pretty early on, but... Uh, I was I was kind of like, you know, cooking during it, so I could Oh, I gotcha. Basically, the gist... I was going to say stone cooking, and then I didn't, but now I did. All right, well, <laughs> we're live. Um, yeah, he, he... It's a comedy podcast, Joe. Yuck, yuck. Um, he essentially says how, yeah, it's easy to, along the lines of what you're saying, it's easy to I'm just get a beer. Keep talking. I can hear you in the real world here too. I'm freaking out, man. <laughs> this is too meta, but he talks about how it's easy to just look at somebody like Trump and say, Oh, he says space force. That's ridiculous. And in fact, most people I know who are hardcore anti-Trumpites, um, which I would say I am too, but that doesn't necessarily mean that you want to just shoot down everything when good things could come from it. Uh, and Space Force is a good example. Neil Tyson points out how it's like, yeah, just because he's proposed it, he said, I proposed a Space Force 15 years ago. And at the time, they were like, eh, the Air Force is pretty much doing all that. And I was like, okay. And now he said, well, yeah, if we have a Space Force, there's a lot of good things that we could do with that, with like deflecting asteroids and stuff, but like we should do good stuff with it. And he said, um, you know, the, the uh, perfect example, actually, he didn't say this, but I was thinking perfect example is, do you know who founded the EPA? Um, who do you think founded the EPA? I, I know it was founded in the late 70s after we went to the moon. So who founded it? A military person is probably what you're getting at, right? Richard Nixon. What year was it in? It was like the early 70s. Okay, yeah, yeah, that sounds right. No, Nobody fucking believes me when I say Richard oh, Nixon. A Republican, right? 
That's a crazy, crazy one. Republicans are evil, though, Joe. Crazy one. They don't care about the environment. They're evil people who only Dude, have the goal of destruction and getting when, rich. When I tell liberals that, that Richard Nixon was president when the EPA was founded, they're like, no, it's fake news. I'm like, what do you mean? And they're like, he's a Republican. And I go, right. it doesn't matter. He also ended the war. He also ended the Vietnam War. So that, the point being, going back to what Neil Tyson was saying, is you, you can't just say that, I mean, yeah, sure, most things might be a train wreck, but good things can come out of it if, if we take advantage of the, the shit otherwise that we have to put up with, right? Well, he, it was in the larger context of Neil Tyson has a new book coming out. Um, oh, the military. On, on the military and yeah. its sort of role, um, what would you say, how it's been a, a supportive role of... Astrophysics. A parallel role for science. Yeah, and, and particularly astrophysics, because I guess he's, you know, obviously highly tuned into that. And particularly, the idea is that um, what's something that a government and the people that run it are very happy to um, fund, right, is military expenditures, right? Oh, God, that was another thing Tyson was saying that, like, I forget what percent he said the military was, but if you cut... I think NASA is like one fourth of one percent, uh, or or four tenths of one percent, or something of the federal. Yeah, people budget. say why why don't we cut NASA's budget? What are they doing? Well, he that said kind if, of if you yeah, and if you cut that percent off a dollar bill, you're you, not even in the ink. You're not even in the ink, and in fact, you could spend that dollar bill anywhere in the country, and nobody would blink an eye. Nobody would not, yeah, yeah. not accept it. Because it looks like a full dollar bill. Looks like a full dollar bill. Because we're talking 1% is 1 out of 100. Yeah. Four tenths of 1% Less than a half. is take that 1 out of 100 and make it just under half of that, right? And so that he that's his classic um, counter to the argument, why are you spending money up there yeah. when you could be spending it down here? I will say, I mean, I'm, I'm a pretty big fan of Neil deGrasse Tyson, and I would say... I'm very excited for that new book. I want I want whatever coffee he has in the morning, dude. Oh my god. Hell yeah, dude. Have you ever have you read Astrophysics for People in a Hurry? No. Great. <laughs> you said that so guiltily. No, I, I just spilled beer all over myself. <laughs> Anyways, it's a great book. You read it? Yeah. Yeah. I, I want to do a class. I still have I, another I wanna, book of his that I have. I, I want to use it in a class on like science communication, but it's like fucking impossible to get like a class other than freshman comp around here. But yeah. that's a whole other story for another day. That's yeah, another I would love education. To teach that shit, dude. I, I would teach the hell out of it. Especially I would love to teach it to people who um maybe haven't really heard these ideas. Yeah, it's like, good stuff. I wrote I wrote um when we did our teaching episode, I wrote a blog post on basically what the two main things I focus on while teaching. And number one was teaching people how to think. And I think the phrase teach people how to think is basically another way to say scientific literacy. Yeah. And this is what Neil deGrasse Tyson, I think I learned from him. Maybe I knew it to a degree, but I didn't really feel like I knew it until I heard him explicitly say, like, Learning how to think is learning how do you acquire information? Yeah. Or what's the best way I've heard him say it? He says, um, scientific literacy is um, what amount of um, inquisitiveness do you bring to the table? Mm. So the classic example is, hey, Joe, I have these special beer cans. If you rub them together and sit on them, you'll live 30 years longer than um, if you don't do this. I'm rubbing some fucking beer cans <clears throat> together. So what 
what would be the first question might be something like, Luke, have you switched to What are they made of? Are they made of regular beer can material? Or you might ask... um, How how hard do I have to rub? How hard do I have to rub, right? Uh, Do you have to rub them for me? Luke... Do I have to lube them up first? Where'd you find this genie? (laughs) So it's it's what what level of inquiry do you bring to things, right? Yeah. And that's a great way to put it because I, I feel like once I heard that, it made me a little bit more of a dick because I, I, I mean, I've, I've since learned how to take that. You're a little bit dick. What I think is, um, you might want to check the phrase skepticism and inquisitiveness. Right. And this, this ties right into how to be a 2018 citizen and how to read the news and know what you're reading, know what's good news, what's bad news. Right. I think, um, You know, when you first kind of learn how to be a skeptic, it's very easy to confuse that with being a dick. Because you'll be at a party and someone's like, oh, oh, I knew your birthday was then. Like, I could totally tell you're a Capricorn. And you just want to say, are you a fucking idiot? You know? (laughs) Do you know what's interesting? And I did. (laughs) Do you know what's interesting about you saying that is that I think Neil deGrasse Tyson himself is a good example of that because... When I say I'm a pretty big fan of him now, that's only fairly recently. Um, and I've been following... He's changed recently. I've, I've been following him for quite some years now, probably at least a decade. I, well, I, let's give a shout out to Neil Tyson. Tell how, Say say how he's changed, because I've noticed that too. Yeah, so I, I remember especially... I, I think we've talked about this, how like I kind of had some beef with him over the years because... I would eat beef with him. Oh, I wish I would eat beef. I would eat beef with him all day long. Hell yeah. Yeah. Fuck. Yeah. Um, you mean suck his dick? Um, I didn't say anything. (laughs) Um, anyways. Um, yeah, no, I, I, and I remember seeing interviews and there were so many moments where you could see what you're saying. Um, how people would ask him questions and he would try and, there, w- there was an, an instinct to try to not be dismissive, but at the same time, he would slip into sort... And I think he didn't even necessarily recognize it all the time of... Like, he would kind of chuckle, but, like, in a derisive way. And sometimes that's okay if somebody's purposefully being ignorant or willfully being ignorant. But a lot of times I saw interviews where people were genu- very genuinely confused. They're like, yeah, no, I don't... Like, how, like, what are you talking about? How is that how gravity works? Yeah. And he would kind of like chuckle and be like, well, well, you know, clearly if if you know this, then you know this. Even if it was something like um, he's saying, well, obviously the, the astronauts are not in zero gravity in the space station. They're in microgravity because they're in free fall. And right. people go, I thought space had no gravity. And he looks at them like, how yes. do you think the solar system works then, you jackass? Perfect, perfect example. You know? or and it's like, well, or that most people I've, I didn't, I've I didn't, had that conversation. I didn't most realize people that, don't know that I, dude, space I has gravity, I didn't, realize that, I didn't realize that until maybe like five years ago, until I was like out of college. Yeah, me was like eight. But anyways, go on. Well, you know, some of us are drunker than others. But, um, but my point being, like, once I figured that out, I was like, oh, okay, I understand that concept now. And it makes a lot more things to make sense. But if I was kind of on the border or on the fringe or just not as engaged and somebody was like, you know, oh, you really, you don't under, I, I would be like, oh, fuck this guy, you know? But having said that, to his credit, over the last year or, or year or two, probably, really since uh, the, uh, he was promoting the astrophysics for people in a hurry book, he's gotten a lot more patient, I feel like, yeah. with, with, with that type of questioning of just 
and and he talks about he's in, almost changed his yeah he talks about in the Joe Rogan interview about how how important it is for him to be a science communicator, and he's always been a science communicator, but he he seems to be emphasizing it much more so lately, and I think it's great. The last few interviews I've seen with him, I'm like, man, I want to show this guy in fucking class, you yeah. know, for like whatever I can. Like even though I don't even teach science, it's just like his form of communication and like his medium of just trying to relate information and relate logical what you hear in fucking grade school that means nothing it's called critical thinking that's what he's promoting is critical thinking right but actual critical thinking that you don't learn in grade so school for many years he's had um a great stance on politics which has always yeah. been i stay out of politics and he he's always said he talks about that a lot i see my job as just getting people to think straight in yeah. the first place right He's saying it's it's really unhelpful to criticize politicians because we, at least right now, because in a lot of countries this isn't true, but right now we live in a democracy where we have elections. Well, so Russia you, just hacked the DNC again. I know. Um, Did you hear about that? Table that, but uh, the point being that you can't really blame the politicians for behaving the way they are if you're in a society where people get elected because if you get elected then you should blame the stupidity of the people to elect people that do things that they shouldn't be doing oh, or best that they thing don't about, want them to best be thing doing. about the 2016 election fucking wake up call way more people know way more about politics than at any point i ever remember well, in my life so th- you know ever hands the phrase down. is like a silver lining right and yeah. i remember when when um early on after trump was won the election he didn't win. He lost by oh, three million uh, votes. He won the election, though. He won the Electoral College. Yes, which is how elections work in this country. I disagree. How, what do you disagree about? <laughs> Watching your mind break. <laughs> um, I love running you through these these contradictions, man. It's actually good, though. Yeah. It's it's almost like if you force me to sharpen my sword a little. Well, bit. I don't believe in the Electoral College, but we can do a whole other episode on that. I mean, that that's a fair point, but. It's not fair to say he didn't win. It's fair to say he didn't win the popular vote, right? Yeah. But yeah. if Hillary had won narrowly by the Electoral College, the Democrats and the left would be making the exact opposite argument, saying, like, well, it's not about the popular vote. It's about the Electoral College. You oh, know? totally, yeah. So Absolutely. it's just a game with that. Yeah, um, but I still think it should be done away with. So definitely, I, I, I think um, the, 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 the zoomed-out quality of people and maybe— this is related to the intellectual dark web because I, I see it as related. The type of thing Neil deGrasse Tyson talks about, etc., is just get people thinking straight in the first place. Is and it etc. or etc.? I have no fucking idea. I'm pretty dude. sure it's etc. Dude, one, one thing I learned about podcasting e- is I can't, I, I have to, the little guy that watches what I say, he, he, he has to go on a lunch break. Yeah, you're sweating over there. Yeah. It's I mean, hot. it's fucking hot, it's hot in here, dude. In here. I'm dying, man. It's hot as hell. It's etc. because it's it's the, the abbreviation is etc. Dot. Everybody um, says etc. and I don't know why because it's spelled etc. Let's catch people up on what beer we're drinking. Oh shit, we forgot to do that. <laughs> well, we started with Beta, which I picked out because it's a it's a New York brewery, and I've never heard of it before. It's a Common Roots. While we're on the Neil Tyson thing, right? Beta. What? Oh, I mean, just like science, sciency. <laughs> Jesus, <laughs> I didn't Christ. eat dinner. <laughs> oh my God, Luke, you went an empty stomach again? Yeah. Oh God, that's you, the best way to have beer, dude. That's true. Um, 
So it's uh, it's in South Glen Falls. I don't know where the hell that is, but it's I think it's in upstate New York, and I'm a New Yorker, so I figured I'd give them a shout-out. Wasn't wasn't thrilled, to be honest. Um, I thought it was fine. I, I like it better than what we're currently drinking. I totally disagree with that. Oh, really? Oh, I think what the... I mean, we have slightly are you, different are you drinking, beer palettes. Are you drinking this? Yeah, The, yeah, yeah. the mustache? Oh, I think the mustache is like twice as good. Oh, really? Yeah. Um, the second beer that we poured was called Powder Dreams. By, um, is that Captain Lawrence? Captain Lawrence Brewing Company. Yeah, that was pretty good. Uh, oh, the, at, at, I've had this hop a few times. So it's uh, dry hopped with uh, Citra Lupulin powder. Lupulin. Um, basically... <laughs> If you've ever had any loser friends who happen to smoke weed, you may notice in the bottom of a grinder you get this like buildup of keef. Wait, that's lupulin? No, I mean, lupulin is sort of the hop version of that. Oh, so it's I It's sort you. of like the it's powdery the, yeah, yeah, it's the resin. Beer, beer, hop keef. Hop keef, basically. Yeah. And so it's. Um, Why do you know so much about weed? Dude, I have a lot of friends that just went down the wrong path. In life, they dare didn't stick. <laughs> yeah, like I know take. friends who don't eat dinner and then like they saw they saw eat some in, weed for dinner and then they podcast saw in, even. In, dare, in, in dare class. You saw you saw coke, heroin, weed, and you're like, I'm going for the weed. No, I, I, no, I mean your friends. No, the first time I ever had weed was in Denver, Colorado, where it's legal. Not according to the federal government in which you live, there of their jurisdiction. According to the federal government. Um, are we allowed to podcast even, according to the federal government? I have no idea. I don't know what their guidelines are either. What are the rules? I think pot's legal in D.C., right? Huh? Pot's legal in D.C., isn't it? Yep. It's um, legal in Massachusetts. It's there, about to be a in bunch. New York. It's about to be. Um, you want to take a bet? Dude, speaking of politics, like, and I bet you how politicians year. aren't real, right? Governor Cuomo, like, totally changed Cuomo. his, Cuomo, totally changed his um, tune on pot, only because it was, like, no, do you know why? politically viable for it. Perfect him. example. Cynthia Nixon, who's running against him, the Sex in the City actress, she's running against him. I, I don't follow politics enough. Here's, There's a Sex in the City actress running against yeah, him. Yeah, the, the really hot one. <laughs> yeah, see, now you're interested. She. No, I'm less interested. No, dude, hear me out. She called him out. I, I haven't read much about her, honestly, but I respected her for this because she called him out for last year. He came out all about how. Uh, weed is a gateway drug because people are asking like when is New York going to you know get on this bandwagon like it's happening in Massachusetts and you know now east coast as well as west coast and he he stated that it was a gateway drug that it's you know it, everything according to the federal government is 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 all in line with how things should be Cynthia Nixon called him out about a month or two later he comes out with a study his department or whatever comes out with a study not only is weed great, we should legalize it. And in fact, we plan to in next year, conveniently after this upcoming election. We ran the poll numbers. <laughs> he ran the numbers. He has a lot of smart people working for him. He ran the numbers. They said, yeah, you know what? Uh, among your primary constituents who could go against you and vote for Cynthia Nixon in the, in, for governor, uh, you're, you're better off legalizing this because guess what? The Republicans upstate who aren't voting for you anyways aren't going to give a fuck if you legalize weed. They're still going to hate you. That's that's that conversation that they had. Can I can I propose a, an alternate way to think about this? Absolutely. Or I'll, I'll propose. You're wrong, but you can do it. Two ways to think about it. Um, one is, is it a bad thing, even if the motivation for a politician is to win? Is it a bad thing that they are? trying to get the pulse of what the population wants and then mm. 
marketing their their ideas to reflect that. Is that a bad thing in a democracy? Mm, and that's my, a good point. My, because like at a certain level, you want your representative to support what the people want. But yeah. in a different model, you would want the representative to be the sincere version of who they are, and the public's job is to elect people that they trust to make decisions. So this would be the difference between like a direct democracy where people vote directly on issues yeah. versus where we vote for people who vote on the issues, right? Yeah. So when we vote for people, to what degree should the governor or whoever it is, senator, congressman, to what degree should they take into account what the people want versus what they think is right, mm. right? It's a good question. I think there's probably, it's like anything, there's probably a balancing act there. But, but it's it's a different balancing act for a lot of different politicians. Like uh, some politicians, especially are if say, it's a flip, a complete flip flop. Totally, yeah. And it's like it's like like this is a flip flop, right? Yeah. Um, well, because he, he Hillary Clinton on gay marriage that was a flip flop. Well, well, and and some of those are very calculated, and some of them. What's interesting about that? I mean, gay marriage is a perfect example. I think we've talked about this too. Where um, I read an interview, I forget who it was with. Uh, we'll link it in the description. Um, <laughs> There's no, no chance in hell. Um, By the way, uh, audience, I I bought a pad at Staples, so now, well, now when we, we say we're going to link down, something in can, the description. Can you write down uh, Guy? Can you get this for me? Yeah, sure. So Guy uh, reveals Obama's true gay agenda. Done. Yeah, that, that doesn't sound exactly like what I meant to say, but... Um, he was an advisor or something. He was somehow involved, like in the inner circle of the White House, where he had like. We will link this in the description. <laughs> it's I'm, on a piece of paper. We'll type it out. Yeah, I'll be in Turkey, and when I publish this episode, yeah, I'll be like, ah, damn, the piece of paper's in my cupboard. Yeah. Um. So, anyways, this uh, guy said that when Obama got elected, he had you know his whole liberal agenda, and he accomplished. I mean, what he accomplished, like you can't underrate it in terms of. A liberal agenda, right? Obama? Like, yeah. With he, Obamacare? Obamacare, same-sex marriage. I mean, these are monumental societal It was a monumental eight, eight years of... Huge. Of not only, like, things that he did, but just general cultural shifts about Huge how people think shifts. about things. Huge, as the president would say. I don't know to what degree it was well, so here's because the th- of him or, well, no, or so not. Here, so here's the thing. So this guy said that his first term, Obama's first term... He comes in, and in these meetings, these closed-door meetings, he's saying how, yeah, we're going to hit health care, we're going to hit you know, uh, same-sex marriage, we're going to hit all these other social welfare programs. His advisor said, whoa, 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 slow down. you got to take this one battle at a time. You're going to you, be lucky if you get health care this first term. That's monumental. They said, you can't go around saying that same-sex marriage is, like, is great. Can't do it. We need as much political capital as we can get right now to pass health care. Like, you got to pick your battles. And he wasn't yeah. happy about that. The guy said that Obama was very <clears throat> distraught about but that. But he trusted his advisors to say, well, you won't win. So here's, the, so here's the thing. He trusted his advisors, and he went out for years and said he played the whole good Christian card. You can, you can see this in interviews and, and, and videos. He plays the whole good Christian card about how, well, you know, like, I believe in civil partnerships, but marriage is, you know, it's a religious thing between a man and a woman. He says this for his whole first term. All of a sudden, second term, he's on the bandwagon. Yep. Because he's gotten healthcare done and he can finally do it. So he flip flopped 
but very, very unwillingly almost. And it, w- it was part of his agenda the whole time. So it's really fascinating to me to think about like why these, these, these change in perspectives really happen. Like what was the initiation? Like what was the true motivation all along? And I would have never, I would have never guessed that. Like I just thought he was kind of full of shit a little bit. I and, think, I think he's a politician. Well, he's totally a politician, but like that, that's being a politician in like not the worst way possible because you have to be realistic too. It's like, yeah, you're not going to get fucking health, universal health care and gay marriage, same sex marriage in the same fucking term. It doesn't happen. They were right. That, also, that was that was smart. Just the real, realistic way. limits of like you can't get elected if you're, you know. Well, that was um, the other thing. Not towing certain lines. That was right? the other thing. It's like the, I, they probably calculated that too. Of like, of course, all these rules are out the window with Trump. Right, but they were probably like, you're not going to carry fucking Wisconsin if you're going into the, you know, election talking about, you know, all this shit. Like, you got to pick your battles, right? It's all it's all an uphill slope. It's not a so it's not an, a another flip flop. Just to bring it full circle back to John McCain, he I, I have to look into like do, Joe. Do you know this offhand? When did John McCain? I know he was outspoken against Trump, but yeah, when he got right. his like kind of health death death sentence, pretty much. Yeah, he he changed his tune on Trump to be much more direct, right? I would have to look into it more because he was beefing with Trump for he let was me, beefing. Let me see what I can find just roughly as yeah, I'm here. Yeah, he was beefing with Trump going back to the prime before. I don't know if it was before the prime that clip that you played where he says he's not a war hero. Whether that's before the primary or during the primaries, but you know it was certainly before Trump was president. So this goes back years, and I know after that they were certainly you know he he had you know he he basically had the the very strong things to say against Trump unless it was policy that he agreed with, which to his credit, like, you know, I mean, but I, what, I guess what I'm enough. trying to say is like McCain, um, you know, and all, all these politicians on one level, you want them to just say what they think at all times, right? Yeah. Be a real person, speak the truth, the best that you know it, let's say, right. Which is tr- what Trump <clears throat> does is truth is just shit. You know that's a good point, and it, it, it from a certain perspective, Trump is speaking his mind. It's just his mind's broken. Neil deGrasse Tyson, that's a great point. Neil deGrasse Tyson in that Joe Rogan interview, they get into a whole debate, and Joe Rogan's not happy about it because Neil Tyson, and this, this ties into what we were saying earlier about how I think he's become a, a much more respectful and effective communicator, in my opinion, is because he talks about defining three types of truths. Yeah, objective, personal, and and um, and Trump. Basically, yeah. and seriously, like that's basically what he defines. But he says, like, I'm willing to give you your own personal truths. Like, if you believe that's part of his Je- Jesus, changing tune, though. Yeah, Jesus, Jesus came, to, you know, was resurrected, and then he went up to heaven, and you're going to die, and you're going to be with Jesus. Great, that's true for you. I, 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 that's fine. Like, we live in a free country. That's great. I am not in the business of trying to convince you otherwise. Yeah, but you, you cannot let that. You cannot let your personal truth affect try to force my person, my objective truth or, or press well, what he said is what objective truth is not my objective. That, truth, but, what but objective also truth if is. I have a personal belief, yeah. which he's saying a personal truth, right? Yeah. He's just shifting the word belief with truth. Yeah. Because that's what they were sort of arguing. His yeah, concept that was that, well, for the person who believes it, it is a truth, right? Right. Yeah. I mean, I believe and that. He's just, yeah. I believe that, uh, New York style regular pizza is better than Sicilian style regular pizza, but, I'm not going to 
go to war and die over that because well, it's not problem, my personal truth. I just kind of believe it. The real problem is that there are people like us, I think we have a distinction, a sort of a knowledge that there's a difference between objective truths and subjective truths, right? Yeah. So we know that the yeah. equations that describe how gravity works are a different kind of truth than my political beliefs. Right, right. Or even the things I think are meaningful and true in life, that kind of thing. Yeah, values. Those are different. Yeah. I mean, so this also gets into like this, the, the cool philosophy of, of, of knowledge in general, like a priori versus post priori, like knowledge. Oh, you fucking neoliberal intellectual dark web touting. Well, what I mean is like, like, like superior. Take, take this a priori privileged sentence, Joe. A priatastic bastard, you. Yeah, all, go ahead. All bachelors are unmarried. Uh. That's just a sentence that has to be true if any of the words in it are to mean anything. That's not true. I could be. I it's could. Just I like, could be married to my TV. Then you're not a bachelor if you're married. I mean, figuratively, not literally. You. That. <laughs> you know how people say like, "Oh, that guy, he's just married to his TV. That's all he does is watch." A simpler way to say it would be three plus two is five. So it's it's saying that there are there are there are, there are categories of knowledge that are non-negotiable. Right. Now, if you're 1984, bitch, three plus two equals six. Even the equations for gravity are a level not as um, true as all bachelors are unmarried because we might be wrong about gravity. Oh, there's also other shit going on. There's like dark matter and shit fucking it well, up. Well, that's what I mean. And our model of the universe could be off. Yeah. So I think it's important as a human and if you're interacting, like I just pulled up, by the way, I searched Trump, uh, McCain, like arguments and, you know, there were a million hits on YouTube, whatever. I, I chose the BBC. If I'm scrolling through this, right, I have to, I have to start to turn on my, you know, um, thinking, skepticism. Thinking years. I have to say, okay, what am I reading? Who's writing it? And it's really tiring. And sometimes I just don't want to do it. That's why I mostly stay dude, away from politics. Dude, I teach like every semester it's like 15 week english writing courses spend at least 2 weeks on assessing sources and the battle is just students saying what do you mean i have to ask i have a sheet for evaluating sources i should send it to you you'd probably be interested in it do it it's called val I'm on email now you're on you're on the emails yeah. the interwebs the the intellectual AOL. interwebs yeah um it's called valid sources worksheet and what you do is you go through and you take a source and you ask about 30 questions. It's like four pages of questions yeah. for each source. And you assign points to them based on... Oh, and you give it a score of how valid it is. Of how val and yeah. there's tiers. And it's like, well, this tier is probably a valid source. This tier is probably not as valid. This tier, you probably shouldn't be using this to support your argument. This tier, where did you get this from? Like, right. you know, there's these levels here. Oh, we got it However, from funktangpodcast.wordpress.com. It's like, don't use that then. <laughs> don't use that. Oh, no. If, if a student cited my, our WordPress. Without their, realizing it. In their paper, oh, they would fail. I would absolutely <laughs> fail them. Um, but here's the thing, is that those tiers can mean everything and nothing, right? One of the ratings is, one of the questions is, how old is the source? So you go through and you say, um, well, if it's if it's within the last year, it gets more points. I forget the exact point number, but it gets more points because it's more recent. 
you know, and as you go back in years, well, that could be outdated information, so it gets fewer and fewer points. Oh, sure, yeah. yeah. What if you're writing a paper on the historical situation 30 years ago or 40, 50 years ago in Vietnam and you want to use a primary source from that time? Then you should do that from the date that it happened probably within the context of what people were saying then and why and analyzing that. That's like five more questions you just had to ask and think about in terms of assessing that part of whether or not that's a valid source. And you explain that to students and they're like, can I just get it on BuzzFeed? But you know what the biggest like, the biggest problem with students is they're thinking, how do I write a paper that gets a good grade? They're yeah. not thinking, how do I write the best paper? Well, this is why I don't give grades during the semester. Do you know what I do? Do you know how you give grades during the semester? Is it like Arrested Development where at the school where children are neither to be seen nor heard? <laughs> <laughs> not quite. How do but, they grade there? But, it's, but, it's but like, I might I get is it like there a, eventually. What's the I, grading I forget. system? Like a smiley face? Yeah, or something? It's, it's a smiley face, yeah. <laughs> What I do is um, I have – so this is standard, and I would say this is pretty much – I mean, this was my experience in, in college was you'd hand in a paper, you'd wait way too long, you'd get back uh, your paper with not enough comments on it and a letter grade. And it's like, all right, the teacher, the professor, whoever, clearly re- maybe read half of this. And then was like, eh, B+. Plus. B, I feel B+. Plus. Yeah. And here are the reasons why, if you're lucky. And if you were to like get into the details of what's the difference between a B plus and be like, a minus, Here's an a. it's like, whatever. Yeah. I don't know. Take an A. Who cares? I, 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 I was drinking whiskey. I don't know. Yeah, I'm drinking whiskey now. Yeah. Like, here's what I do. I don't know if I'm going to do it this semester because it's actually a lot more work, but it's a lot more effective. It's just, yeah. Anyways, that's a whole other episode, but this is what I normally do. What, not working hard at your job? Go on. Working, working too hard at my job. Yeah. It takes too. Lo- here's my point: is it takes too long for because, you? Yeah. Well, because here's the thing: it's like you have a class, right? And I can either assign papers and then do what I just said that everybody did to me when I was in college: read them ten minutes, you know, maybe mark up what I can, throw a letter grade, slap a letter grade on it. Next, slap a letter grade on slap it. it. Oh, I, I put them I, Ooh, each, dirty man. Each, the, each finger, I have a letter grade, grade on and it, I just, I'm just fingering them. Yeah, it's bad. You're fingering your students. That's not what I said for the record <laughs> at all. No, go on. I heard you. Anyways, you're slapping and fingering your students. That's oh my what... god! Uh, like, share, and subscribe. <laughs> um, what I do instead is I do uh, draft conferences, and what I do for draft conferences is I have the students bring in their papers. And I give them my rubric. I explain the rubric in class and I give them the rubric and I say, grade your paper and bring it to me and we'll talk about it. And that's your, that's what we do for drafts. Good. So they come in, grade your own paper. They come in and they're like, well, I better not write shit because how am I going to write shit and then grade it and then give it to you to talk about? This is mind-blowing to them. Is it almost like trying to break a robot like in Star Trek? Where oh, yeah. Because you, you, like, You're hacking their, their programming because yeah. they're so programmed. And they ask, they're like, well, when are we handing in the paper? I'm like, you are. You're grading it first. Like, and they're like, what? And I go, yeah, I don't want to read. You're getting graded on how well you grade your own paper. Yes. So it's like, should I be a good writer or a good grader? And guess what? You have to do both in that case, <laughs> right? It's fucking brilliant. So they bring me these papers, and then I tell them either you're why, brilliant, Joe. I'm something, all right. <laughs> and I tell them either why, why, yeah, that's that's about right. But maybe you want to do this, or like, oh, you're not even close, not even, not even near there. Yeah, you're off the mark. But here's the thing: they they have to. Your nap. mark is off the mark too. You oh, fail totally, totally <laughs> off the mark. But they they have to put in the work now, right? The problem with that is that to do that well, 
takes about 20 minutes per paper to go over with them. Yeah. It's a lot, lot easier for me to just collect the paper, grade it, and hand it back. You know what's even easier? back to them. If you didn't even care. Well, that's that's the other thing. Yeah. Which I would say, unfortunately, too many teachers do. But I got to tell you, dude, at the college level, too many teachers aren't paid enough to 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 care enough. They're not. That's what it comes down to. The universities don't want to pay them. I mean, we covered this in the higher ed episode. It's you can look at the numbers, dude. It's like, yeah, it's really it's really a shame because it's like, and I hate when people say like, oh, well, you should just do it for the good of it. It's like, yes, a little bit. But there's also the real realistic, like, you need to put food on the table. Well, that's the problem with and a lot of these teachers is they they have to take more courses. They have to take a bunch of jobs, right? Yeah, they they got to take a bunch. I mean, I I teach co- college, I I teach at three schools right now. I'm not full time at any of them, even though I work full time and I work in a restaurant. Yeah, it's like what the fuck kind of system is this we're running in higher education, right? And you're almost paid off your student loans. I don't want to talk about it. <laughs> Like, share, and subscribe. Patreon um, supporters, let's come wrap help. up, Joe. What time is it? It's an hour and fifteen. Oh, is that shit. a time? Yeah, that's a time. I have a, I have a closing quote, not a closing quote, but a wrapping up quote. Oh shit! Yeah, drop it. All right. So, I mean, we kind of uh, dabbled on on a lot of topics. I feel like this episode, but I think this was good to come back to, kind of uh, rerouting us in the sense of like what's going on with intellectualism or or the lack of intellectual rigor in, in assessing like what's going on in the world and really asking the hard questions. And I just want to reiterate, like I understand that there's so much noise right now and there's only more growing noise. And I think the important thing is to really assess yourself before you assess others. Right. Good advice. If, If you can, if you can really do that at like each level, each iteration of what you're doing in life and ask the question to yourself first, well, first Am of I all, wrong in my analysis of this? Well, first of all, just stop and fucking breathe. Like everybody, like literally, like yeah. stop and like, <sighs> yeah, just take a breath. In meditation, they call it respond, don't react. Yeah, pe- people take got, a breath. People and gotta start doing that. You immediately take create some distance between the reaction you were about to have. Yeah, and even if you're by yourself and you see someone post something on Facebook, yeah. the reaction wave passes think, through your mind i think step back breathe. i think taking the breath would save the american economy like 200 billion dollars a year probably and a lot of stress also it costs them a lot of money because when people are about to buy that like 50 inch you know plasma tv on online that yeah. they can't afford be like, they man might, i should really spend that money on that hemorrhoid cream instead or they might be like man i should actually like you know you know pay my child support payments or something and not get a big screen TV. Like, let me take a breath and think about that. Like who knows? Anyways, my point is, uh, going back to perspectives. Um, and I think, you know, John McCain, I mean, there's a lot of other people right now talking about John McCain who know a lot more about him, um, who have, you know, like worked with him or, or talked to him before. And I I've learned a lot about him just in the last couple of days. I feel like more than I, ever really really knew and I, I think like everyone else like you say you know at the end of the day like he, he's a person um, I, d- I didn't always agree with what he said or what he did but I respected a lot of oftentimes how he went about his business and again not always there were moments where I just said man that's a sellout move and I really can't respect that but at the same time I, he's I done, he's don't done, know of a politician who I can't say well, that's that my off point. the top of my head well that's my point at the same time he's done things and been through things that 
I can't imagine, and I don't know. I, I like I don't know if he's I, followed I, through I on, dunk. let's say, an honor code to a level I never have. Yeah, exactly. So, like, you, I mean, you 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 can't take that away. Is my point, and so I want to. Yeah, you can. He got captured. Boom. Well, so here's the thing. I take it away. Boom. I I want to, uh, for my part, end with this quote, which is the one I shared with you earlier, and uh, it's this guy Jake uh, Jake Taper. I, I I forget CNN. Is that the CNN guy? Yeah. And this was an interview from about a year ago, right, when he was diagnosed or shortly after uh, John McCain was diagnosed with, with essentially terminal brain cancer. And um, this is how he ended the interview. Jake Taper said, I hope I don't run this clip for another 50 years, but how do you want the American people to remember you? And this is what McCain responded. He served his country and not always right, made a lot of mistakes, made a lot of errors, but served his country. And I hope we could add honorably. I thought that was a Vonnegut quote, or you were saying it's a Vonnegut-esque quote. I was saying it was a Vonnegut-esque quote. Gotcha. But see what I mean, how it seems like a Vonnegut I just quote? got a little goosebumps from that, because like, yeah. that seems like a zoomed-out perspective. Man. Yeah, you hear that. And Death does that to people. Yeah, you hear that, and you're like, I mean, you want to talk about a juxtaposition with Trump. Jesus Christ. Yeah. Total, utterly opposite in the spectrum, and that really made me like when I saw because I remember hearing that a year ago and then thinking like, yeah, I, I can I can hold those. We've talked about this before, like holding two conflicting viewpoints in your mind at the same time. And I, I think it with appli- the, live with the tension. Yeah, and I think it applies to people too, and that's a perfect example where like, yeah, he he didn't always do things, but he recognized that. You know, like I think in part he's he's admitting to some of those contradictions that people have called him out upon, right? And, and we all have contradictions. Yeah, who am I to, like, you know, fair enough. So I, I just wanted to, to mention that before we... Uh, I think that's we, a good quote to leave it on. Yeah, I would say so. So like, share, um, and subscribe. On the topic of honor, I highly recommend checking out some of the podcasts with the Very Bad Wizards. One of the uh, Very Bad Wizards hosts um, wrote a book recently, just came out maybe six months ago, five months ago, called Why Honor Matters. Oh, and cool. the concept is like, there's a lot of criticism of honor and a lot of reasons why honor is bad. Think of Imperial Japanese Empire. Uh, Think of like honor killings in Islam. Yeah. You know, there are our, a lot of things that people do bad behavior in the name of honor. Our colonization there are a lot of will go into that too. Amazing, sacrificial, um, just it makes you see like maybe that's what the meaning of life is type things. Yeah. are also associated with honor. So in a sense, honor is like anything. It has its bad side expressions and it has its beautiful side expressions. Yeah. And I think that is like a, a great example of like the difference between a Trump and a McCain. Because when I yeah. see a Trump, my brain tells me like if, if he were just a personal interaction I had, you know, I would, I would just be on total guard and just assume yeah. this person is, is just a vampire you know and i've met vampires in real life yeah i don't mean like vampires that suck your blood i mean vampires that suck your life energy they ain't sexy um and they're not sexy vampires these are people that just manipulate and try to you know take over people's lives and dominate and trump is that kind of person he doesn't care about values or honor right he doesn't have honor i would say trump the difference between trump and mccain is trump does not have honor yeah and and that's a bad thing you know it's funny if you ask him that he'd be like I, I would say I have I have I have probably, a fair, 
Probably, I have good honor. Probably the best honor any I, president you know has what? ever had. I might have, he, he'll say might, because then you're like, oh, he's being humble, right? Yeah. I might have the best honor. Fuck that guy. <laughs> yeah, let's end it there. <laughs> Fuck that guy. All right, so All right. we'll see you uh, next week for... Uh, well, um, uh, after this episode, um, it'll give me some time to clean up Seinfeld Part 2, so we'll yeah. publish that. And then... It might be a little bit, like a week, week and a half. I'll be back from Turkey, and we got colonization part one and two. We got beer history, yeah. Um, and we got intellectual dark web coming. It's gonna at be you. good. It's gonna be gold, and baby. Johnny's getting off work a lot, so we're gonna be back in full swing. Yeah. Stick with us. Consider donating on Patreon if you enjoy yeah, this hit shit. Me, hit me up on Twitter. We're, we're blowing up on us, Twitter. Twat us, Instagram. Yeah, hit us, us up on Patreon. We'll if you donate enough, we'll go to the flat Earth also, convention. Also, we're we're we're, tr- we're thinking up some uh, new ways to like reward Patreon people or encourage. And um, I bought a new car recently, and one of the ways oh, that shit. I've been um, we got to do making a little extra money to pay for that car is like driving Uber. Do you want? And I have some insane story. I just did it for one. Do you week. want to do that tomorrow? We could do that tomorrow. Yeah, sure. I have some insane Uber stories already. Well, let's do a Patreon tomorrow. I'll I'll give a little tease right now. Okay, do a little tease. Uh, (laughs) A lady with a broken arm who had a backpack filled with Coronas. She was drinking one of them in the backseat. She had no teeth, (laughs) and she was yelling at me about Obamacare. (laughs) So like, share, and subscribe? Yeah, so like, share, and subscribe on Patreon. Yeah. Um, That could could be like a a, a sort of Patreon-featured thing. Like, um, yeah uber stories yeah maybe i'll record people luke luke uber stories Lu- luber stories luber stories <laughs> <laughs> all right we peace later i should turn the youtube off oh, too please